The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is Tom and Bach. Coming at you live from Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America, on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Tom Stevens. Hey, what day is it? Uh, to my knowledge, Wednesday. Well, we're happier than a camel on Wednesday, baby. Jake Bakoven. Coach told me when we're in Rome, we do as Romans. And when we're in Italy, we do as Italians. So, Italians... They eat pizza after the game. Tom and Buck starts now. Welcome in. Hour number two on a Wednesday. How do you spell it? W-I-N-S-Day. W-I-N-S-Day. But not really today. Not, not today. Uh, it's not spelled that way because Nebraska's coming off a loss. But Rico tells me I can't be unhappy about that. So I'm smiling. I'm I'm jolly about another loss against a bad team <laughs> in an opening game. Um, Scott Frost uh, did speak to the media today. It wasn't a big gathering, but uh, he did say some interesting things. Uh, he said this about becoming more of a CEO of the program. It frees him up to do a bit more, like to enjoy uh, the positives of his job, to love to talk to fans and boosters and hunt. Say what? Uh, Can you repeat that? It's actually? important for his sanity, he says, because <laughs> uh, he's going to become more of a CEO. That means he can hunt more? That, I thought that this would mean he would you know, be more involved in the details of the program, right? In every aspect of the program. No, it allows him to hunt and be with fans and enjoy his job more. Right, is this real? Uh, this is according to, this must have been said. Um, this is the <laughs> quote. I uh, love to talk to fans more, boosters more, hunt more. Uh, important for sanity. This will uh, help me do that. that is, I, I want to hear that bite because I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe, I don't believe it I don't either. I don't think that that actually happened. Uh, I want to see this through and get it right. Any sacrifice I have to make to continue to do this, that's an easy decision. Unless unless it's hunting. And unless, then it, unless it's hunting season. Then you won't give up hunting. Unless it's goose season. I don't know. I, I'm going to have to listen to the bite for sure. <laughs> so I'm not sure I trust this uh, this stuff because uh, that seems uh, seems weird that he would say that. I don't know. I just don't know. You know, and that's part of the, the whole CEO talk about Scott Frost is I don't think he's and you can say he's getting better. I've heard people say it at post game stuff. There's a lot of times I just I question why he tells us things that he does or why he says the things that he does. Yeah. Um and, and again, it's it's nothing. It's nothing personal. I, I I'm cheer, I've always been cheering for Scott Frost since he's a player here. Uh, I just I this is not off to a good start to me. The CEO version of Scott Frost no. with some of the things that have been said already with that, and then you know special teams. The special teams. He's just he said that Coach Dawson is doing a great job. I don't think so. I don't. I don't, I don't think, think that they've had. I don't think over the last four years that they've had any answer at special teams. Right. You can tell me that one area of the special teams of coverage is kind of well. They don't have a kick returner. They won't kick return. They won't punt return. They can't punt consistently. Right. They can't kick consistently. What else? How much more? So you have one of five areas in special teams somewhat doing okay, 
And you and you want to? Um, and I just don't get it. I, I've heard arguments why head coaches. I think Bill Snyder said it uh, when he was special teams coordinator. It allowed him to uh, get around the foundation of his team to have more contact with his team. Actually. Because he got to know every player. He wasn't a coordinator, and so he didn't just deal with one side of the ball or one group of players. He was dealing with all aspects of his team, and in many cases, developing them. Because they're coming in as freshmen, trying to learn the fundamentals of football. What better place to do it than special teams, where you're working on your tackling, or blocking, or whatever it might be. Or, you know, catching the football, that type of thing. Um, And uh, the other thing I've heard is that sometimes... Guys that coach a position, like in Dawson's case, I think he is doing a a solid job or has done an okay job compared to what we've seen in the past, but that's still among the last, among the worst in college football. But it's hard sometimes for a guy to coach his position group, in the case of Dawson, the outside linebackers, and then have contact with the kickers. What happens is you run special teams at the start of practice or the end of practice whenever you do it, um, and then the kickers go off by themselves and they kick field goals. Uh, with the punter. The punter and the kicker are left alone in some pasture somewhere, and they're working on their craft. Uh, and they don't have as much contact unless they have a full-time special teams coordinator uh, who is with them, even at those points. Because sometimes when you're going through a slump, maybe you could use a guy that could talk you through it, kind of like you're a swing coach in golf. Uh, maybe that would have helped a little bit yeah. you know, to get guys in a better zone. Sometimes they're they're going through this slump they miss a couple, and they get in their own head, and they don't have anybody to talk about uh, talk about it to, uh, uh, other than the punter who's holding for them or somebody like that. Um, I, it's just something that I've heard from coaches who run programs and don't feel like they have enough chi- time to coordinate a position or even coach a position, but they can carve out enough time to be a special teams coordinator. It makes sense to me. Yeah, and and I, I wonder if you know I wonder if Frost will do that. I, I don't he won't he won't do I don't that. think that's sounding He's like that's gonna, gonna happen. That. He likes Dawson. He just said that. Yeah. That there's no he says it's the specialist, it's not the special teams members. This is the second year of his four year run that he won't return kicks or punts by the end of the season. Yeah. Do you understand how ridiculous that is? That that, that can spark a game, especially in the Big Ten. These uh, one-possession games right. could all be sparked by but, something positive happening in special teams, but they're so scared that they're going to mess it up because mm. they've done it so many times under the same coaches uh, running the special teams units. I, 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 I just it, it baffles my mind. This could save your job. This could be the whole key moving forward is to figure this out. I don't know. I know it seems like it. Yeah. You know, there's too, there's not enough to be done in special teams. I don't care. Hire somebody that nine hours a day till from now until next year. Pay them whatever yeah. to figure this out, to work on special teams. <laughs> you know, right. I just don't get it. Yeah, you're doing a good job. Okay, yeah, the tackling has been better, but you haven't returned any kicks. Santino Panico is out punt returning you, uh, and he's the legendary fair catch guy, as we know in Nebraska football history under Bill Callahan. He would catch the ball, but sometimes he would fall forward, and he averaged three yards a punt return. Nebraska is currently something like 2.8. I I remember the crowd celebrating when Oliver Martin returned at five yards. Oh yeah, uh, last week against Ohio State. What? What are we? You see that? It's DP, positive yards. Demorne Pearsonell is back. <laughs> Five yards. Look at that. It's it's terrible. I don't know how you can make the argument that it's not. It's just the specialists. It's not the special teams. Yeah, that's not true. 
That is and, not and true again, at all. That's also a consistent problem too. I mean, if if it's it's been a problem for years. The special teams have never been good. You haven't had you had one year where Connor Cope came in and with consistent hitting field goals under forty five yards. That's good. I, I I can't I can't argue with that. That they addressed the problem. They got it done for one year. But the rest of the years, it's all been bad. And if it's all always bad, you can't keep saying well the specialists are the problem. You you need somebody to train these specialists or somebody to recruit better specialists or something to get this thing right. And there, I just don't know. Like all. I, I get the wholesale changes on offense. I, I kind of understood the plan moving forward. But if that doesn't include addressing the special teams from outside, from what you've wor- what obviously in-house isn't working, hasn't worked for four years, I just – give me longer than a, a weekend to believe that this thing can work. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say because you're absolutely right. I can't even argue with you in, in any of the details that we've just shared. Uh, and stuff like that at press conferences that Scott sometimes says things that make you shake your head. Uh, and, you know, we'll review it and maybe, no, it's all correct. That quote, especially he said about, he said it numerous times about special teams that he thinks it's the specialist and not the special teams members. Um, but that's just not completely true. Uh, but there were other things I want to deal with, uh, from that uh, little presser today. And we'll talk about them. A little bit later on. Right now, we got to get to box tops. All right, we got the top 10 college football games this week. Of course, Nebraska with the bye week. So, uh, nothing to do except for stew about Scott Frost's comments for now. Uh, but uh, there are some good games on this weekend. Uh, and as I go up the list, it'll be a little bit, uh, a little bit better. Uh, as it goes on, but I, I get ex- pretty excited about the whole list. Um, starting off with number ten on my list, TCU at four and five at Oklahoma State, who's eight and one. This one at seven p.m. on Fox. Uh, Oklahoma State's favored by thirteen. Thirty-five bucks if you want to get into that game at this point. Boone Pickett Stadium in Stillwater, Oklahoma, of course. But uh, what makes this intriguing is not that uh, TCU has been especially good all year, but they're just coming off their upset victory over number twelve Baylor last week, thirty to twenty-eight under new freshman quarterback Chandler Morris's lead. And of course, Jerry Kill is now leading that team. One of my favorite coaches all time. Uh, also to add intrigue to it, a statue of Barry Sanders will be unveiled outside the northwest corner of Boone Pickens Stadium's two hours prior to this game. What do you mean? You, he's your favorite coach of all, one of your favorite coaches of all time. Jerry, Jerry Kill? He's, well, <laughs> you just never got the, the ending that you wanted. I Jerry like Kill, him. Right? I actually met him at B- Big Ten Media Days, and I was the only one talking to him. There are big crowds around everybody else, uh, but Jerry was kind of sitting by himself, and I sat down and talked to him. He's a wonderful guy. Yeah, he's just a, and he's a big Nebraska fan, and he's just a good football guy. Yeah, that's what I. That's he's, why I like. Yeah, I mean, he feel bad about his health condition, like it, it really destroyed his career. Uh, but now he's making a comeback. I also like coaches. I've mentioned this before with Jed Tedford, where he looked like the cow bear. Uh, I like coaches that look like their mascot. I always thought Jerry Kill kind of looks like <laughs> he definitely the Minnesota like Golden a, Gopher. He looks like a mascot, <laughs> and he did a good job at uh, Minnesota. It just yeah. uh, help problems brought him down. Yeah. Speaking of Minnesota, here's my history lesson for you. Number nine on my list. Number nine min or not number nine Minnesota. They're no longer ranked. Minnesota at number twenty. Iowa. Uh, this one on BTN. Iowa is favored by five and a half. Um, it's a, it's interesting, of course, because both these teams are at 4-2 on top of the Big Ten West, yet they're both <laughs> not yeah. doing very well as of late. Minnesota just lost 14-6 to last week to Illinois, while Iowa beat Northwestern 17-12. to But my history lesson starts now, as this is the Floyd of Rosedale game, yep. my favorite trophy game. It's, it's the big game. It's the big game. 
And the history behind that is that in 1935, Gophers coach Bernie Bierman received a flood of threatening letters from Iowa fans following the 1934 game when Iowa fans were felt slighted by uh, a lot of different bad hits on their star running back, Ozzie Simmons. Ozzie Simmons was one of the few black players at the time. The, uh, the day before the game, the Iowa governor, uh, Clyde Herring, told reporters if officials stand for rough tactics like Minnesota used last year, yeah. I'm sure the crowd won't, Okay, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So the news quickly reached Minnesota. Um, Coach Coach Bierman threatened to break off athletic relations between the two teams. Uh, Minnesota's Attorney General Harry Peterson practically accused the Iowa governor of thuggery and trying to incite a riot with those, those statements. Uh, so to lighten the mood, the Minnesota Governor Floyd Olson sent a telegram to Governor Herring on the game day saying, Minnesota folks are excited over your statement about Iowa crowds. I have assured them that you are a law-abiding gentleman and they're only trying to get our goat. I bet you a Minnesota prize hog against an Iowa prize hog that Minnesota wins. Yeah. Minnesota ended up winning 13-6, to and Iowa star Oz, uh, Ozzie Simmons played an injury-free game, so nothing went, went, went awry there. Uh, and Minnesota went on to actually win their second straight national championship that year. Anyways, Gover Herring obtained an award-winning prize pig, which was had been donated by the owner of Rosedale Farms near Floyd of Dodge, the, or, uh, Floyd, or Fort Dodge, yeah. Iowa. Uh, that's why he's named the Floyd of Rosedale. The pig was actually the brother of Blue Boy from the movie State Fair. Did you ever watch State Fair? I have seen State Fair. It's yeah. a terrible movie. It's not great. It's an old movie. It's a really <laughs> bad movie. But so at least the, the original yeah. Floyd Rosedale was related to a bit of a star yeah. there. Anyway, uh, Iowa social crusader Virgil Case swore out a criminal warrant in Des Moines against Governor Herring, alleging that the bet violated Iowa gambling laws. The case also argued that the governors were guilty of violating federal gambling laws because the pig had been placed into interstate commerce commerce when Herring made good on the bet, but the U.S. attorneys declined to prosecute. They didn't really see much in the case. Uh, Governor Olson later offered Floyd up as a grand prize in the statewide essay writing contest, which was won by 14-year-old Robert Jones. Unfortunately, the Floyd of Rosedale pig wasn't vaccinated, something that came <laughs> up as a surprise to its new owners, who assumed since it came from the university it would be up to date on its shots. So the living uh, Floyd of Rosedale died of cal- cholera just eight months after making headlines and, and given to that 14-year-old boy. Do they have him stuffed or anything? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, but since the two schools could yeah. not have a, a wager a living pig anymore because it caused a lot of yeah. uh, uproar there, Governor Olson commissioned a sculptor to capture Floyd's image. The result was a 98-pound bronze pig statue uh, trophy that they fight for uh, up until today. Uh, they've played for the Floyd of Rosedale every year since, uh, and uh, yeah, so that's why it's my. That's part of the history there behind my favorite that trophy. Is, that is great uh, research there. I, I wish they also had the original Floyd of Rosedale stuffed up uh, that, that they could hand back and forth every year, or you know, like made him into like the pigskin, the football. That would have been cool. That would have been cool with, if they actually played with him. If they actually played with that pigskin. <laughs> That'd be fantastic for that game. I would watch that game. I'm still considering driving to Iowa City to see that game in the bye week. We'll I thought you would ditch that game, but no, I, since I, I was on a losing throw, they won. Yeah, they both they yeah, both have been doing lost well last week too. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I now, might. I might. You just were do really excited when uh, Minnesota was sailing and Iowa's undefeated. Yeah, that was going to be a really good game. It was going to be a great. Now game. I don't know if it's worth the four and a half hour drive. I think it still is. That's nine hours of driving. I'd love to total. see all the pictures. You, you'll be in all the pictures and you'll oh, be yeah. waving at the kids and everything. That's right. If I do, I got to touch that Floyd Rosedale. That's my ultimate goal. That's right. Goal. That, that's the ultimate goal. <laughs> uh, number eight on my list. How about Thursday night football? Usually college football isn't competing with the NFL anymore. 
But since it's Baltimore versus Miami in the NFL, I guess they figured they could give it a shot. Uh, five and four, North Carolina will take on number 21, Pittsburgh. That one's 630 on ESPN. Pittsburgh favored by six and a half. Only $20 to get into Hyde's Field this week. Anyway, North Carolina coming off a 58-55 to win over Wake Forest. Uh, of course, the bigger in- intrigue in this is these guys might be two of the best quarterbacks around the league and, right. and two of the top picks in the NFL draft as far as quarterback goes. Kenny Pickett of Pittsburgh versus Sam Howell of North Carolina. If you're drafting, do you take Pickett or Howell right now? You're on the Man. clock. You're on I'm the, on the clock? You're on the clock. Who are you taking? Pickett? I've really been impressed with Pickett. Howell, Howell has added Not Coming a, this year, you would automatically have said Yeah, that. oh, absolutely. But And, and Howell's added kind of a running uh, threat to his game, so that I mean, I think maybe long term, maybe Hal. I'm just getting. He's excited. got the bigger arm, doesn't he? Yeah. I think he might have. I think arm. Hal's probably the better prospect, yeah. but yeah. I like Kenny Pickett because he's tearing things up. Uh, number seven on the list, number one, Georgia. Of course, nine and zero. Oh, uh, head head off to Nayland Stadium in Knoxville, Tennessee, to take on the Volunteers, who are five and four. That one at two thirty on CBS. Georgia favored by twenty, which is somewhat low considering Tennessee probably won't score more than six. They, they, well, nobody scores more than six against yeah. Georgia. Uh, but Tennessee does score a lot of – they scored quite a few points, I think, even on Alabama. Yeah. Uh, Their and, quarterback's thrown 21 uh, touchdowns to, to two interceptions. Uh, Hooker, well. that yeah, guy Hooker. Hooker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That and, guy Hooker, yeah. That guy Hooker. <laughs> T.J. Hooker. Remember that uh, old cop show called T.J. Hooker? Yeah. William Shatner was the star of that, I believe, uh, back in the day. I'm a, I don't remember. I think he was. Uh, but, yeah, I, I definitely will watch that game, but I expect you're right, Georgia to blow them out. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a fun game. Uh, number six on our list, number nine, Notre Dame at 8-1 and one at Virginia, who's 6-3. and three. This one's 6-3 on ABC. Notre Dame favored by five. Uh, $45 to get in that game. Interesting because Brennan Armstrong looks like he's going to play in that game. Uh, Virginia's quarterback is one of the nation's leaders in passing yards. Yeah. Uh, they throw the ball all over the field, so that's kind of an upset alert there. I hope Notre Dame loses at some point till the end of the season because you'll get the Notre, Notre Dame people coming out of the woodwork that they should be in the college football playoff. They don't belong in it. You don't think so? No, even if they go undefeated, they don't belong in it. Yeah, and we'll probably get to those those, yeah, we'll those have that rankings argument. soon. Yeah, That's yeah. it's kind of interesting how that came out. Uh, number five on my list, n- number sixteen, North Carolina State, at number twelve, Wake Forest, who's eight and one, just lost to North Carolina last week, but they're five and zero oh in the ACC because that game didn't count in the conference standings. I don't get. I, I still you explained it to me, <laughs> and I still don't understand uh, the reasoning for that. They're both in the ACC. But, however, that didn't count. It was a non-con game. It was a non-con Between ACC opponents. Uh, yeah, 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 it doesn't make much it sense. It doesn't like, make they, any sense. For what it's worth, they, they didn't – they have they were upset. Of course, North Carolina and Wake Forest campus are very close that they weren't playing enough. Um, I think because they're on the opposite side of divisions there. Okay. And so they just – That's scheduled why. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Wake is favored by two in this game against the Wolfpack, which, by the way, led by offensive coordinator Tim Beck. I – I mean, that was a, a name that even Steve Sipple mentioned in a column, I think it was yesterday. Oh, yeah. Uh, member of Tim Beck, he's, he's doing really well. He's at North Carolina State. I would be happy with Tim Beck. I liked him. Yeah, I, I think that would be a good move for Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, very very interesting, though. He also mentioned Sipple in his article, Joe Daly, as a possibility. Uh, no matter how good Joe da- Daly rises no. in this profession, I think no. it'd be tough to bring him back. Please, no. I, I mean, I like Joe. I like Joe. I, yeah, the guy. Yeah, I, he's I, I don't want him here. He's at uh, Boston College right yep, now. Receivers coach. A, yeah, Boston College right now. He should stay there. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that Wake Forest-North Carolina State game, yeah. it's on the ACC Network. 
<laughs> so, oh nice. Good luck finding that. Uh, I think that was probably before the year where they're going. I don't think anybody's going to want to watch this game. Uh, I, I don't want to really want to watch it, and they're both good. <laughs> yeah, I still don't really care. Uh, number four on the list, number nineteen, Purdue, six and three. Of course, two top five victories uh, on the year. They'll go for another one at number four, Ohio State, who's eight and one on the season. That one a two thirty kick on ABC. Ohio State favored by twenty bucks. 50 or 20 points actually 59 bucks to get into uh, the horseshoe or the big house as James Franklin likes to call it you surprised minus 20 with Ohio State what was the Nebraska like a 12 and a half or something 14 and a half. yeah I think Nebraska was 14 and a half yeah it just surprises me that is Purdue. a little surprise it, it is a weird look I guess you're going to Columbus where Ohio State had to come to Lincoln in that case yeah but Purdue I mean it, and the other maybe the other thing is Purdue coming off their Iowa win right got uh, shellacked by Wisconsin, so right. maybe the yeah. you don't believe in Purdue's momentum. Right, that's uh, probably true. Yeah. Number three on my list, number 11, Texas A&M, who's 7-2, and two, going up against number 15, Ole Miss, also 7-2, 6 p.m. on ESPN, A&M favored by 2 $51 to get into that game. Uh, I like the way DP broke this down when I, when I mentioned a game similar to this the other week, is that this is kind of a game with millions of dollars on the line, because one of these teams, the winner, will probably end up going to the Sugar Bowl or something, and the other team will not will not. They'll go to the Capital One Bowl or something. Yeah. Well, some people think that AM still has a shot at the college football playoff. I, I guess among the two lost teams, they have uh, a pretty good among, argument. I mean, there's, I heard Mike Schaefer say he thinks Alabama could get in with two losses. Well, Texas AM beat Alabama. Yeah, but now we don't know if head to head matters too much. So, uh, <laughs> how angry would you be with, with two two lost teams and Alabama's ranked ahead of Texas A and M at the end? I, I, I'd be surprised. I mean, I wasn't happy. We'll talk about it with the college football playoff rankings coming up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, how about number six, Michigan? We'll talk about them in the college football playoff rankings uh, at Penn State. Penn State, of course, not ranked anymore at six and three. Michigan eight and one on the year. This one, eleven a.m. on ABC. Uh, this is an evens uh, type of affair. You can pick your side there. There's no favorite. Uh, $70 to get into Beaver Stadium this week. Who you got? Who you taking there? Boy, I I, I think Penn State at full strength with I Sean so Clifford too. could e- can, you know, easily rattle Michigan and get that win. Yeah. Um, I'm going for Michigan just to make things more interesting. I'd love to see one lost Michigan and one lost Ohio State at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I kind of think uh, Penn State wins that game, but I, I want Michigan to win it. I, I'd like to see that game. Yeah. I want to see... Uh, with everything on the line, both with one losses, who wins it? Uh, so I'd like Michigan to win. Uh, number one on the list, how about number eight, Oklahoma? Still not getting too much respect at 9-0. and Maybe it'll come this week after they play number 13, Baylor, if they get the win. Baylor at 7-2. and They're just coming off that TCU loss, though. That one's 11 a.m. on Fox. Big noon kickoff. Oklahoma uh, uh, is favored by 5.5. Um, uh, $51 to get into McLean Stadium in Waco, Texas for that That'd be one. fun. Uh, I, I like watching Oklahoma with Caleb Williams. I think Caleb Williams is just a really good player uh, and among the best, and I think he will be in New York. Uh, for <laughs> the Heisman presentation. I mean, I think what he's going to play in six games or whatever it is. Uh, was he on his fourth start or something like that? Yeah, somewhere in there. Uh, so I, I I think he has a chance uh, to at least be in New York. Maybe not win the Heisman, but I think he'll be in New York. <laughs> I think he'll be the all-Big 12 quarterback. Yeah, they're going to go undefeated. They but, might, and and the reason they is still have you, Oklahoma State yeah, and Baylor. Yeah, that's true. They haven't really I, played anybody that, at the heart of the schedule yet. Uh, that and they'll have to play one of those two teams twice. Yeah, because uh, that's what they do the round robin, and then they play in the championship game, of which I did, like. They did beat Nebraska, which is a big win. There you go. It was a big win. <laughs> it was a big win uh, with Spencer Rattler. Let's get to break and come back with more on Tom and Bach. You're listening to Tom and Bach. Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. 